Welcome to another episode of From the Mailbag, and my name is Patrick Inhofer. I'm Dan Marin. And I'm Robbie Carmen. And guys, this week we have a question from Margus Vol, stemming out of a fairly recent insight that we did with our buddy uh, Jeff Greenberg. Uh, discussing compression. And of course, compression is something that colorists never used to have to deal with, right? That was somebody else's job or it was the editor's job or something like that. Um, but these days, uh, that kind of falls on us having to do compressions for you know, video sharing services like YouTube and Vimeo, um, but also for you know, people's websites and for devices like iPads and so on and so forth. So um, coming out of this, uh, Jeff gave us some very general kind of encoding, you know, techniques that he applies to um, to content and how to maintain color fidelity and stuff like that. But Marcus asks, hey, um, what do you guys do to manage sort of color fidelity between YouTube and Vimeo in a color sense? And at first, I was scratching my head about this question because I was sort of like, what do you mean? They're the same thing. It's like H.264 and, you know, like you just post a file and it's done. Um, but I think you guys will agree that, unfortunately, both of these services kind of treat things differently. And YouTube, right, is kind of the mass market big box place to put your video. And Vimeo seems to be the filmmaker's place to put your video. Uh, <laughs> coffee house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the coffee house. Um, so, Dan... Um, how do you treat these two different sites when it comes to encoding video and dealing with color? Uh, so, like one of the very first things I do when we start a grade is I ask them, where is this going to be delivered? Could it be cinema? Is it going to be on TV? Is it going to be... Um, we have pre-rolls, so before like video on demand, you get really super low-res, crappy uh, advertisements. Um, and then sometimes they say, oh, it's going to be YouTube. Uh, so any music video I do, the primary delivery is always Vivo and YouTube. So we'll always grade for YouTube in mind and things like that. So yeah, I, I start about color management kind of early on. Uh, but after that, all I really do is kind of think about contrast a little bit more. <laughs> well, so what? So, so what? I don't what, compensate what, color temperature even like. What is it? What is it about the the color temperature or sort of the color approach, the color management, as you said? that uh that happens i mean i guess i'm a little i'm a little vague on this i mean are you sort of like saying that youtube produces brighter reds or more saturated greens or like what mm, is it about youtube that makes you change from what you're seeing on your reference monitor um what i would think is it always feels a little bit crunchier so say you had like a nighttime grade um and you crush the blacks on your reference monitor so on your like a Dolby or your Sony, it looks, you know, pretty nice. There's a little bit of detail in there. That's all going to be gone in the compression. I find, you know, anything that's reasonably black is just going to be completely black. So I would lift the blacks by, you know, like five points almost just so there's a little bit of detail left in there. Um, yeah, it's always the black level that worries me because people always say, that looks great, but I know when I watch it on my laptop, it's going to be too dark and too crunchy. So... Yeah, it, it's tricky. What about Vimeo? What's your experience with that? I hate Vimeo. <laughs> um, here's a test for the members to try out. Uh, open, if you're on a Mac, open Vimeo in Chrome and then open it in Safari and watch the two videos side by side. The one in Chrome will be a little bit more magenta and the one in Safari, I think, is a little bit more close to what I rendered. Apparently, it's a HTML5 thing, but I refuse, I, I can't give you a version for Chrome and a version for Safari because how do you distribute it? I mean, I could happily yeah. do it, but how do you say, oh, watch this version if you're on Chrome or watch this version if you're on Safari? Yeah. If they can figure that bit out, then... So, Pat, with the, that in mind, do you put two different versions out there, one for YouTube, one for Vimeo, and how do you kind of help your clients manage this whole thing? The other thing I get, uh, 
because a lot of my clients are lower budget filmmakers for whom Vimeo is even on a feature Vimeo might be one of their one of their big markets that they're trying to hit certainly for their trailers that they'll be producing and so this becomes a big concern and then they ask me well you know should I run it through After Effects if you if you search the Vimeo help forums you will find people distributing presets in After Effects that remove the so-called magenta look out of Vimeo. And I've got, I'm of two minds about this. One mind is, look, not only is your video getting a magenta push, every single freaking video in Vimeo is getting the same look. So if anyone's doing any binge watching, they all look the same. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the whole grandma's TV. TV th- yeah, yeah, it's grandma's TV all over again. So suddenly... You're going to look different from everyone else as because what's going to happen, the viewer's eye will adjust to things looking a little more magenta than maybe they should. They'll make that mental adjustment. They'll hit your video, and then, boom, they've got to readjust again. And there'll be some overhead there where, for some reason, yours looks different. They won't know why, but they had to work a little harder to get, to get it all to match again. So that's one school of thought. The other school of thought is, well... My client is paying my bills, <laughs> and if Vimeo is his primary primary distribution outlet, I've got to think about that. I can't just deny uh, what the reality of that is, and I need to make him happy. So, 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 Pat, uh, how how do you keep them happy then? Do you do different versions? Do you uh, just kind of ignore what you're seeing on your reference monitor? I'm a little confused no, about no. what you actually do. When it comes to keeping them happy. No, I never ignore my reference monitor. I mean, my reference monitor is gold. What I'll do is, luckily, if you're going to be off, be off of magenta, because the fix for magenta is to add, essentially, more flesh tones, right? So if I can push the image more, a little more flesh tony, uh, that usually gets rid of the magenta fix, and clients generally are not unhappy about skin tones that are a little more richer than might be natural. Uh, so sometimes it's as simple as, as a quick little fix like that. What I will agree with Dan on is one thing that I do and from the very beginning, like that's, that's something that happens like at delivery. Like the client gets it, they upload it to Vimeo, said it's looking too magenta, uh, and it's like, all right, fine. Um, I can give you a pass for Vimeo here, but don't use this anywhere else. And it's a trim, you know, something I do at the track level or, or something. And, but what I do do for YouTube or Vimeo for where it's the main distribution outlet is I will think about my blacks the way that Dan does. Uh, I just finished delivering. We just remastered Mother Died, which I've had the training online forever for Mother Died. But we've been tweaking. We've been waiting for Final Sound. We've been waiting for a lot of elements. And finally, the remastered version of that eight-minute short film is about to, to go. And I decided to do, at the very last minute, I'm looking at the image. It looks beautiful on my reference monitor. The blacks are rich and detailed, and it looks freaking fantastic. And I'm like, this is going to die when it hits YouTube. Because I'm, I'm going to lose all those rich blacks. are going to flatten to a hole. And it'll just be a hole in the screen. And so I, I did, like, I don't know, I mean, in DP parlance, a half a stop lift on the overall exposure. Maybe, not quite a full stop. And uh, so, but I did a significant lift in the blacks to maintain so that that detail survives not only compression but just eight bit tele computer monitors. So I've taken know? the same approach, Pat. Uh, so I've gotten obviously a little more geeky about it because that's just who I am. Um, so what I did was that I profiled all of my computer monitors to meet Rec 709 standards. You know, they're not going to be as good as my reference monitor, but I got my computer monitors, you know, probably in the 96, 97% range uh, of being true Rec 709. 
Uh, and then what I did was I was playing sort of kind of standard videos that I knew very well. And then I was looking at the computer monitor and I was looking at my reference monitor. And basically what I did was I built a track power grade to make up the difference between the the different video services, right? So obviously, as you guys have both pointed out, it's a little bit of a lift, right? Because those services seem to crush blacks a lot, crush mid-tone values. Uh, then it's a little bit of an anti-magenta thing for, uh, for, um, for Vimeo. I saved them as presets, but the only reason I was able to figure that out is because I had a properly profiled computer monitor and obviously a properly profiled uh, reference monitor. And I think that's, that's something that some people forget in this process because we've been over this before at Grandma's Pink TV and all that kind of stuff, right? That people go... Oh, look, uh, it's pink there, it's blue there, it's orange there, and they make comments based on what they're seeing. The common denominator in all of this is that you have to have a known quantity on what the monitors are producing. Um, and so when it comes to YouTube, Vimeo, that kind of stuff, I profile those monitors and I kind of try to see what they're doing. And then at the end of the day, as we've pointed out, and Dan, I think, wrote a great insight about this, kind of doing what the client asks will keep you an employee for a long time. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, my thing about that is I always say, if let's, let's just say I'm not, I, I haven't done what I've done. I haven't qualified the monitors. I haven't uh, prepared, you know, power grades for that. I just, you know, I really want to save my ass. And I always just say the corrections we're making for your computer monitor I can't guarantee that those will be repeatable or some sort of BS like that, right? Um, because that's the truth. I mean, the truth is you can make it look good on the client's monitor, but sometimes it's not going to look good anywhere else. And, you know, and I think Dan, and those are great points. And, I, and to add to that, Dan's observation about the difference between Vimeo in Safari and Chrome, pull that up for your client and say, how am I, yeah, what yeah. are we supposed to do about that? So in other words, you got to tell me which of these now, not just Vimeo, <laughs> but which of these do, and that should help them grasp just that the fact that there's a certain amount of color reproduction that is completely out of our hands to the point that it's different on Safari than Chrome, the exact same content compressed from the same server service. That makes no sense, but that's the way it is. You know, and sometimes, guys, you just kind of have to let go and just let it be what it is. Um, I, I often have clients that are sort of just coming back to me and be like, well, here it was this, here it was that, here it was this, here it was that. You're not going to fix everything. You have to decide on one standard. And if you try to always constantly tweak, um, unless the client's willing to pay you for every tweak, it's just not worth it. So I hope we answered this question to your satisfaction, Margus. Uh, you know, it is one of these things where your experience guide you. What is your client's sense of all of this in terms of what they're willing to accept, what you can convince them? There is no one easy answer to all of this. But... This is how the three of us handle it. So for Mixing Light, I'm Patrick Inhofer. I'm Dan Moran. And I'm Robbie Carmen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>